Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast. Our guest today is Neil Kamp. Now, Neil is the CEO of the National Society of Leadership and Success. He serves as the brand's ambassador, chief ambassador, expressing his and the organization's desire to help upskill individuals so they can future-proof their career and meet the needs of the global economy. Now, Neil is passionate about helping individual, individuals realize their true leadership potential and capacity to make a better world. So before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Neil. I'm thrilled to have you on. I know we've discussed what matters to you in helping the next generation make the world a better place. And I'm excited to talk to you about that in more detail. Thanks for being here and welcome to the show. Glenn, thank you so much for having me. I'm just, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to be here. And uh, uh, yeah, let's get, let's get into it. Fantastic. So Neil, how, how did your childhood shape you to be passionate about leadership? Yeah, so this one could take a while. I'll try. I'll try to keep it a little brief. But um, yeah, so um, uh, I grew up in the Boston area, um, and uh, I was actually born in Canada. But I actually come of uh, Indian descent, right? So my parents are from India. They moved to you know Canada back in like the late seventies, and then we moved to Boston in the eighties. But um, the the thing about growing apart, uh, being a part of an immigrant family, was. Um, especially in the United States back in the eighties was that, you know, there was a lot of expectations, right? Like as, uh, you know, being born and, uh, to, to someone from of Indian descent, like education was everything, right? Like it's really, uh, the main value that my parents continue to espouse constantly. Right. Um, and so in the Boston area though, everything here was like, so based on sports, right? So like, you know, everyone played sports, they played hockey, they did, you know, football, all this stuff. And I didn't do anything, right? Like my parents didn't really know. Um, and so what I really started to lean into was like academics, right? Like that was like the thing that I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't get involved with all these sports. I'm going to lean into academics. So I was a pretty good student, right? I was a pretty good student growing up. And then, you know, when I got to high school, I went to like an all boys high school um, and it was super competitive, right? And so I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to kill it here from an academic perspective and join all the extracurricular activities. I did that. Um, and I joined the debate team, right? And so I remember going into this debate organization and being like, okay, this is where I'm going to shine, right? Like everyone else is doing sports. I'm going to really kill it with this. And I remember I was like 15 years old. We went to our first tournament and I got destroyed, right? Like I had no idea what I was doing. I came back home. I was super humbled. And I just remember being so angry about that, right? Being like, you know what? I've been building myself up to really, you know, do well in this one activity, this academic activity. I thought this is where I could make a name for myself. And my dad looks at me and he goes, how could you, 
how could you possibly think you'd be good at it? This is your first time doing it. Have you spent any time learning this from somebody else, right? Like, have you spent any time with it? And I, and I said, no. And he said, this is the key. This is what you have to focus on, right? And this is like the first time my dad ever really had like a motivational conversation with me. And the conversation was purely around like, go find the person who's the best at this and go learn from them. And then when you learn it, go teach someone else, right? And that's what I did, right? And I started to do that, right? I found who was the best debater in our, in our high school team, spent time with that person, learned how to relate to them. And then I started to do that, right? And it wasn't until like my senior year that I started paying it back, right? Then I started uh, to uh, mentor younger debaters and help them. And then I just started to realize like, that's a cycle, right? And that's something I have continued with since, you know, since high school. So it was in college, did the same thing. My first job, I was a stockbroker found the top broker in the company, learned from them, paid it forward by mentoring you know, students who were graduating college, all the way up until my role here as the CEO of NSLS. And it's one thing that I talk about with everybody, get involved in mentorship. And not only for you to be the mentee, but pay it forward, right? You got to make sure that you're doing that. And if you do that one time a month, every single month, your leadership skills have no choice but to get better and better and better. And you're going to learn a lot and you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So sorry for the long-tailed story, but I wanted to make sure I gave you the proper context for that. No, it's great. Well, I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you what I took away from it in one sentence. Success comes most to those who are surrounded by people who want their success to continue. And that is your motto as I heard that story. And I hope that our listeners are paying attention because are you paying it forward? Do you understand that in the end, it's not about success. It's about breeding a world of significance. And I think that that's where we've gone wrong with leadership. And I know that you have your take on what leadership means, but I also know that you're very, you, know, you feel almost this embedded responsibility to help that next generation leader. I mean, why do you believe, Neil, that they're so motivated and hungry and excited to make the world a better place? Because according to your story, that's been your goal all along. Yeah, you know, so, and, and when we're talking about next generation, I mean, we're talking about Gen Z, right? Um, and, you know, when you really think about what's going on in this next generation here, think about kind of the world that they grew up in, right? Just as I explained the world that I grew up in, you know, coming from an, uh, from an Indian family and kind of that focus on education, right? But, you know, with Gen Z, like, they were born and have grown up during some pretty challenging times, right? So, like, you know, for them, you know, they were, for the most part, you know, uh, going through their childhood during the mortgage crisis and seeing economic challenges, kind of as they continue to get older, you know, through COVID and, and all these other types of things, you know, political challenges, you know, uh, social, uh, societal impact, right? Like all of that has been just kind of continued to, to, to really be thrown at them every single day and couple that with access to information at a much faster clip than any generation before, right? So you take all of that and you put that together. And what you start to see is you start to see a generation that is saying, I've had enough, right? Like, and it's not enough for me to just sit there and complain about it, right? And, um, you know, just to continue to be concerned, they actually want to impact, right? Like they're not interested in just kind of saying, you know what, uh, I'm just going to continue to complain. I'll be going to kind of activist mode. No, they want to partner. Right. Like they want to work with people to make change, to make societal impact, to move things forward. 
And that's why I'm so excited about this next generation because, you know, like, and, and listen, I mean, ultimately we all have our own Maslow level needs that we have to continue to support and, you know, pay the mortgage and all that. That's what a lot of millennials and Gen Xers and boomers have always thought about, right? That's important too as well. But I think what you're really seeing with Gen Z is a little bit of a shift towards more, how do we really kind of improve society going forward? And that's super, super exciting. And that, that, that is a change. And that's what's coming up with leadership here in the future. So, so how do we prepare them for that? Because, you know, as, as we look at the workforce today, uh, and I do, yeah. my organization has, I mean, recently started like five years ago, doing a lot of work with early in career. And what was the reason why is that you go into an organization, oftentimes large organizations, it's, they become lost when they're expected to navigate these institutions where they don't actually feel they belong. So what tools do we need to provide them so that they can accomplish those goals? So tools in terms of belonging to the organization? Just how do they help make the world a better place? Yeah, so here's the thing that I think we've started to really see and we really started to focus on at the NSLS, right? Is that the gap that we're seeing a bit here with Gen Z is that they've got tremendous technical aptitude, tremendous, right? Like the ability for them to pick up technology, to maximize it and to really, you know, take advantage of the skill set that they're building is really strong. However, what they are missing is a little bit of that opportunity to practice leadership, right? So like what that means is when you're living in this digital age, right? And you're living over Zoom constantly, right? You don't have that ability to kind of practice the ability to relate to somebody else, right? Like those critical emotional intelligence skills that really maximize all of that amazing technical aptitude that you have, right? So that's why leadership is so important because leadership really gives you that foundational, uh, that foundational skill set that allows you to maximize that technical skill set to really drive change, right? So we know that they're super passionate about driving change, but to do that, you got to be able to combine that amazing technical aptitude, that leadership skill set, you put it together, that's how you're going to drive influence and how you're going to move society forward. And that's really what we've got to support Gen Z on is, is how do you kind of cross that bridge a little bit? And unfortunately, universities have an a, amazing opportunity. They're great on the rote academic side to build that skill set, but to really provide them with that practice, that's, that's not happening. And, and that's, that's something we can provide. Sure. Well, you just answered the question as to why they have difficulty when they start their careers, because if they lack that ability, that, that relatability aspect of understanding people and understanding people's intentions, uh, it's easy to get stuck in those large environments. But we also know that, uh, this, that this next generation, Neil, is all about sustainability. So how do they bring an attitude of sustainability during this time of volatility in the workplace? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question, right? And, and I want to make sure I'm understanding how you're using the term sustainability. Are you saying sustainability in terms of environmental impact? Or are we talking about more, you know, kind of like there's volatility in the workplace and, you know, how they kind of sustain within that? Can you give me a little more on that? If you, if, you just you answered mind? it. You just, okay. you just answered it. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I would say a couple ways, right. Is that the first is that, you know, we have to kind of realize that self-care is super important right now. Right. So mental, uh, mental health has never been more important. Right. So 
you know, as it comes to kind of ensuring that sustainability is there, it's important that leaders are looking out for these for, for this next generation and helping them really think through not only how they're going to develop for themselves internally within the company, but you now have a responsibility to really ensure that you're providing what they need on the mental uh, on the mental health side to to the extent that you can, right? To the extent that's appropriate as a as a company, right? And then the second part is really empathy, right? Like, you know, when you're when you're trying to bring that kind of attitude of like sustainability, right? It's important to understand, like, literally everyone is dealing with something, right? And so treating others with kind of kindness goes a long way. And so I think if you can kind of focus on those two things, that's really how you can ensure that that attitude of sustainability is there, irrespective of it being a volatile or a volatile time. Does that, does that, does that, Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry, Neil. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, does that make sense? I want to make sure I'm, I'm being clear. Yeah, no, it does. It, okay. it does. And, you know, it, it's it, what I continue to see and, and learn, right? We, we have a group of next-gen leaders here in my organization, and uh, one of them, his name is Guillermo, and he said, you know, uh, we, we might feel as if we're all so connected more than ever, but yet we've never felt so alone. Why do you think that is from what you've learned? Yeah, great question. So um, I would say that the, the digital form of communication doesn't allow for as much of that kind of close closeness that you're that we've been kind of that we're used to right or that i would say that many of us kind of grew up with right so we kind of default to that to say like that's why there probably isn't that connection there right um but i think that there are, i think that also has an advantage right and here's what i mean by that is now what's coming of age right and i think where there's an opportunity especially for gen z is more learning through a community right and and what i mean by that is that Community isn't just about like a group of people. It's about establishing connection from one another, right? And especially in a digital age, I actually think Gen Z is in a position to really start to bridge that gap amongst each other because now there are so many more communities that are now accessible online through a digital age that didn't exist before, right? So regardless of the interest that you might have, whether it's leadership, whether it's management, whether it's project management, you name it, there's a community out there for you, right? And the best part about kind of growing up in that digital age is that you can approach that community more from a perspective of connection, right? Like, how do I connect with somebody else? Um, and so Gen Z, right, understands that. And so what they're more interested in is don't just teach things to me, right? Like, I want to be able to share, right? I want to be able to don't just advise me all the time, right? I want to learn, grow, and transform together. And so now this is why you're seeing digital communities come up everywhere, right? And it's especially at the NSLS, it's something we really focus in on is how do we build that environment in that community to allow like-minded leaders to get together and learn and grow and transform together versus us just continuing to advise them. So while that gap might be there, there's actually tools and solutions that fit, I think, kind of the challenge that Gen Z has struggled with um, and, and I think it's going to, they're going to be in a great position. You know, I just want to uh, make a comment. And, and so you just answered the other question about sustainability. They're looking to drive sustainability right. through more authentic community. And, yeah. uh, and, and in saying that, you know, I know you mentioned like-minded leaders, but I actually think they view the world the opposite. It's about, yeah. they're the ones that are trying to help people like you and me 
realize that community can only be created through difference, not sameness. Mm -hmm. You know, the way I was raised is that I was told I had to do my job inside the box that we're given. I mean, we live now in a society fueled with categories and boxes, and apparently that's what I am because someone defined that and then stifled my own individuality. So when you think about this world of difference, what do you see the real impact from this next generation who recognizes the value of inclusion? Yeah. um, So... So what I would say is that, you know, when it comes to the impact from that they can make, right, and kind of the the value that we're seeing from inclusion, right, I think where Gen Z is particularly in a strong position, right, is that for them, what it's all about is authenticity, right? Like, that's where they, that's what the focus is, you know, Um, to the point where that's how they actually make buying decisions now, right? And so... Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm going somewhere with this, right? Which is that what's, actu- what's actually occurring is that because of buying patterns, right? Because Gen Z is so focused in on the type of mission a brand might have, right? Related to um, sustainability, right? Remain, related to the environment, related to um, uh, DE&I, right? They are watching that so much that it's actually forcing brands to make positive impacts in the world. And the brands have learned that if you don't stay consistent with that, you're going to lose that Gen Z audience, right? So my, my point in this is an understanding, and this is maybe a message to brands too, is that you got to, one, you got to make sure you've got a mission, right? That is focused in on a positive impact, but you got to stick with that and you have to be authentic with it. If it's not really truly a part of your core value, the next generation of buyers will realize that and they will leave you, right? So I think inherently Gen Z is actually pushing us forward through, you know, kind of the economic conditions that we live in through capitalism, right? Which is really interesting, right? Is like, I think what Gen Z has realized is that for change to actually happen, we can't really wait on government and nonprofits to figure it out. It's too slow. Brands can actually make an impact towards the things that we care about. So we're going to support those. And I think that's how Gen Z is impacting such important things like inclusion is because they're being super consistent about it. And now brands are starting to follow. I want to make sure that that tracks, but I think it's, it's an interesting concept that's going on. But look, basically, you, you, you've, you've put uh, enterprise on notice through, through Gen Zs. They're basically saying, I don't want brands to define me. We want to define the brands. And if we don't have the room to do it, we're not buying what you're selling. So I get it crystal clear. Now, as we wrap it up, Neil, um, there's a lot of people out there, and and it's incredible how this conversation is still so active. How do I coach my Gen Z leaders or my emerging uh, generation leaders? How do I coach them and what seems to work and not work? Yeah. So, Feedback is everything, right? So, um, and giving it constantly. Um, And so what I would say is that what Gen Z doesn't respond to is probably what a lot of our parents were used to, right? Which was just, you know, you get an annual evaluation. That's, that doesn't exist anymore, right? If you're a company and you wait until January to do your annual evaluation of a Gen Z employee, you probably lost them at that point, right? So what's really important is to 
give feedback in a constant manner, right? Like it's something that, you know, you have to, you just have to be consistent with. The other part too, and that same kind of aura of like trans, uh, transparency is understanding what their natural strengths are, right? And helping them realize how to leverage those strengths to really advance their career. Because here's the thing about Gen Z, right? Like they're kind of used to this whole on-demand education world, well, on-demand world, but even as it relates to education, right? I mean, you've got Coursera, you got you know Udemy, right? You've got all these different types of options, right? So the way they look at education a little bit differently is that they graduate, they're expecting to continue to upskill. That's a big part of what their focus is, right? So as an employer, you've got to make sure that you're providing those learning opportunities, right? So, you know, whether that be through the form of, you know, training and development or mentorship or coaching, you got to kind of constantly support them. And when you don't do that, you're going to lose them for sure, right? And then the last part that I would also say is just make sure you have a mission that matters, right? Like, and, and listen, not every company is going to be like our company where we're literally impacting leadership in a very direct way in communities around the world, right? But if there's a tangential impact that you can line up towards something that is improving or moving society forward, and you can stay consistent with that, that is something that they will buy into. And now you're kind of disarming them to the point where they're willing to be coached, right? Like they believe in what you're selling, right? And so as a result, they're willing to listen more and they're willing to kind of take that advice. So yeah, I think it's important that you stay consistent on those few things. Neil, it's a pleasure speaking with you. We can talk for hours. I mean, <laughs> the work that you're doing is so important and uh, keep pushing us uh, because, uh, you know, the ROI of your work uh, is, is going to happen a lot sooner than people might think. And uh, really, pr- really appreciate the time that you've spent to help us uh, understand uh, the work and uh, who you are as an individual. So as we close every show, when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks, Len. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.